welcome on in back into the Hitters Only podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you're a first-time listener, please uh, like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening on. And if you are on my website, hey, the podcast is also on any kind of podcast platform you can think of. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and all the above. Uh, great episode today. Had a really good time with Mr. Tyler Williams we had in the uh, Hitters Only studio this week. A uh, good buddy of mine. Um, married a family friend years ago and, uh, yeah, go to church with them. And main thing we have in common right now is uh, we're both dads of uh, little girls. So uh, we talked about a lot of dad stuff, talked about life and uh, lessons learned and things we're working on, hobbies and uh, all the above. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, We talked for about an hour and a half, so I'm not going to get too long-winded in my intro here. But yeah, it was a good time. And I thank you again, Tyler, for coming in and uh, hanging out and having a good conversation. So for all you first-time people, I'm on uh, Instagram at Hitters Only Podcast, Facebook too. You can follow me on there for content and pictures and and all that good stuff. But like always, if you want to listen to any of my hitters, any of the music that I talk about, go to Apple Music, search for Staley Haynes, and there you will find all the music that I've talked about under my Hitters Only playlist. All right, guys, let's get into it. It has been a wild so last night, man, get this. We're in the we're in the living room, which that's our kitchen like flows right into our living room back here. And as you can see, that gate is usually shut right there um that you drove through. Our house is not like a house that like you just can really like go like knock on the front door or something like that. Okay. And cuz the gate was shut last night, everything locked down. This is at like 6 30 at night and there's all of a sudden there's a knock at the door the back door and there's just a man standing in our back door okay and dude usually (laughs) here like we don't even have a doorbell yeah like it's not really a knock on the door kind of place and usually i mean it's like you know somebody's knocking on the door it's like (laughs) gun time yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so anyways i i kaylin's like staley i'm like all right i got it so I go up to the back door, open it. It's the UPS guy. <laughs> okay. All right. He's scared to death, man. He's like, man, I'm so scared. I was like, yeah, man, what's going on? Are you all right? And he's like, yeah, man, I backed into your fence down here. I tore your fence up, and your dog, man, is really scaring me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, he's like 130-pound yeah. Great Pyrenees, and he does – doesn't really do strangers. Right, yeah, I mean, he's, big dogs. He's the nicest dog in the world. Uh, like, if he came in here right now, he'd just want you to pet him to death. But, sure. You know, I don't know how he does with just, like, random men walking up in the, in the night either, though, you know. <laughs> yeah. They are guard dogs. For sure. So he was going nuts, and he was like, man, I just need you to come down here and, uh, and look at your fence. And he's like, I'm worried I'm going to get fired and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hold on, man. Hold on. I said, well, just chill. I said, we'll go down there and look at it. Sure. So, you know, it's like raining. It's nasty outside. And I go down there with him, and he, like, backed into our corner post down there. Okay. And, like, since it's so wet, it just, like, pushed the post, and it broke another post off. And he was looking at it, and he was like, yeah, man. And I was like, well, man, you know. I was like, it's 
it is what it is, you know. And he was like, all right, man, I just got to ask. He was like, are you going to put in, like, a file, like a complaint thing? Sure. He goes, because if you are, man, I just need to go ahead and get on the boss of my phone and figure out what's going to happen. And I was like, look, man, I was like, whether I file a complaint with UPS or not, UPS ain't going to come out here and fix my fence. Sure, yeah. I said, and I don't need any money, and I don't need you getting in trouble. Yep. I said, so I've made mistakes at work. I've probably done worse than this. <laughs> I was like, so don't worry about the fence. I said, I'm not going to be putting no kind of complaint in. This dude gave me like a hug, man. It was <laughs> like, man, good karma is coming your way, dude. Just wait. <laughs> it's coming. I promise. So, yeah, that's it's been a it's been an interesting it's been an interesting couple of days with stuff like that going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. These UPS guys in the country, I, I, one came to our house the other night, too, and they've got to be terrified out in the country. I know. And they pull in, and they have to back all the way out. And he was like, I've been here a bunch of times. And I said, dude, just put the the flashers on in the road and just walk down here. Yeah. And he's like, I tried to do the right thing. I said, man, dude, don't. He goes, I couldn't see because my mirrors had water on them. Yep. Anyway, well, good on man. him for at least saying something. Yeah, they backed into our basketball goal, and nobody nobody said anything. So it's still really? just, it's still just leaning. But dang, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting thing about moving out in the country, man. It, it is. It's it's uh it's amazing that these Amazon drivers and UPS guys even come all the way out here. Sometimes they I see them ripping and running all the time though. And y'all are out here. I mean, there's a sign on the way, the, that mm. caution sign in that in that person's yard that says, beware hillbillies. Uh, what's oh, it say? Oh, yeah. There's actually a... Uh, <laughs> it's like caution, hillbillies ahead, I think is what yeah, it says. Yeah, that's David Short, man. He <laughs> he likes his politics pretty good. When If you go back by when the sun's up, read some of his other signs. They're pretty... He's got, he's got a couple of things he says about Biden on a couple of them. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's, he's, a, he's an interesting character, but... <laughs> Yeah, we moved out here in 2007, 16, 17, something like that. Okay, y'all been here a while. Yeah. Yeah, we we lived in town, like around like Mitchell Nelson Elementary. Gotcha. In that area for a little while and rented. And when did y'all move out here? We only, so I mean, we moved out past Las Casas two years. It'll, it'll be two years in March. So before that, we were, we were in Murfreesboro. And then mm-hmm. before that, we were out in Woodbury. So we've moved, I don't know every year to two years since we've been married yeah uh, we got married nine years ago so we've done a lot of moving yeah and so we're trying to trying to stay put but who knows what'll come we're kind of tired of driving back and forth to school at this point so oh I, yeah i don't yeah. know what the future will hold but yeah we'll, we'll, we may stick around we'll yeah see. man how many moves you said so one two like three or four three or four plus montana in there so four or five dude we've moved like twice yeah. no once yeah and i was like Never again. Well, no, nah, we're going to have to. I mean, we love this place. Like, I built the shop, and uh, the house was kind of a fixer-upper okay, and stuff like that. So it's been a, it's been a lot of work. We kind of got it at a good cruising point now, and but we love it out in, the, out in the country. I don't think we're going back towards the city anytime soon, man. I just don't really like neighbors that much. Yeah, it's different. You know, once, you, mm-hmm. once you're not used to it, mm-hmm. it's, it would be hard to go back to a neighborhood for sure. <clears throat> you know, and just the freedom that comes with it. You yeah. know, out in the snow, we've been ripping around on four-wheelers yeah. and having a big time. It would be hard to give some of that up. Yeah, for sure. Man, and so how, how did you meet Catherine? Because, you know, I grew up with the Hayes. Yeah. So, but I, I get college is where y'all... Yeah, so... 
MTSU mutual friends basically is kind of the gist of it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't know her prior. I actually met Hunter before I met Catherine. I'm um, sorry. Just in passing with, with friends. But, but, mm-hmm. but, yeah, so we just met through mutual friends uh, at MTSU. Yeah. Okay. And where, are you are you originally from Murfreesboro? Where are you from? I, I grew up down in Tullahoma. Tullahoma. Yep. T-Town. Okay. So, what high school was that? Tullahoma High School. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> the only one. All right. Yeah, yeah the only one there. So, Tullahoma High School, and they're big rivals with with Coffee County. Not every not every county has like how many high schools do we have? Like twenty. There's a bunch. Yeah, there's a bunch in Murfreesboro, and they're a lot bigger. I think I graduated. Maybe we had maybe had three hundred or something in my graduating class. So yeah, I grew up down there and moved to Murfreesboro for college. Okay, good deal. What was your major? Criminal justice. Me too. Yeah, so let's I, go. I think I listened to, uh, I, I guess you and you and Kalen's podcast originally, mm-hmm. and I was like, I've got a lot more in common with this guy. Yeah. So yeah, criminal justice. Really chose it because it had no math is the reason I chose criminal justice. Boy, there was no no other reason. Besides <clears throat> we are that. brothers from another mother, <laughs> dude. That is, um, one hundred and ten percent the reason why I chose it. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, me and my mom, we were sitting at our kitchen table, <clears throat> and we were looking through the book of all the majors yep. and like the core classes that they um that they require and literally we were trying to because i'm dude i me and math buddy same i'm same. gonna tell you right now kaylin took like one of my math classes for me in college and everything i'm, I'm bad <laughs> dude <clears throat> and we found criminal justice and she was like staley this has like a basic math yep and that's pretty much it yeah I think I had to take remedial and then like the basic algebra is the only thing it required. And I was like, sign me up. Me and a cops don't sound that bad. So, you know, but didn't end up, didn't it? So did you ever, did you ever try to go in that field at all? Almost. I mean, I was right on the fence. So, you know, kind of the, the path I took was, was going to be a police officer. I mean, I was, I had a lot of buddies who went to Metro Nashville and, you know, were trying to get me to come on the Metro and it actually applied I think it was Laverne PD, and oh, yeah. it had like a physical fitness test and everything that I was supposed to go to, and then ended up Ooh. going into into youth ministry. But yeah. um, you know, looking back, like you know, back when we first started college, it was it was a good time to be a police officer. But mm-hmm. looking back, you know, the time that we would have been police officer had we gone into that would have been rough. Would have been rough. I mean, you got a target on your back, so I feel for those guys. A lot of my friends that are in Metro to this day are like, I'm glad he didn't come. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got folks at our church who are, who are at Metro who luckily are in office versus out in the field. But yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine working in that field in, in this day and age. It's got to be It's got to be different. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I put in for them several times. Uh, I think I got maybe got a couple of shots at an interview. But, man, back then it was a little different. Um Every time I'd get a call back or they would ask me, like, man, we're really only looking for people who have either uh, already been through the academy yep, um, or a previous experience being a police officer or in the military. Okay. And I was like, yeah, man, I have a criminal justice degree. And they were kind of like, yeah, well, I mean, they didn't really get it. And I'm like, I learned pretty quickly, like, man, I don't know if this degree is really going to get me anywhere. I don't think it will. I really I really wanted to be a park ranger is what I like that. Me that too. was going to really, so yeah. that was always the dream, but the more I dug into it and I did a lot of research and called a mm. lot of different parks and it's, it's phenomenal if you're single and you can move and you're mobile and mm-hmm. you're willing to make $10 an hour for a few years. Um, but it was just, you know, at the time in life, like we had just gotten married. I was graduating. Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't yep. work for my life at the time. And, you know, looking back, it's you know, something I, I wish I would have done, but something that wasn't 
it wasn't yeah. reasonable to do at the time. So, no, I've got no regrets. Probably put in just a range. I bet I put in at least 30 applications across the country for uh, park ranger. Really? And I never got a call. Never got a call? No. Did you do it on that, like, what is it, gov, whatever, government.com? Mm-hmm. Government, yeah. Yeah, I, I applied to several on there, too, and never got a call. It's like, I don't know how you get those jobs. Or if the guys that get in them, I don't know, they just never retire. Man, I was I was even still putting in for them up until, like, probably seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I graduated in 2013. Okay. So, I mean, I – and I just made my mind. I was like, I'm just going to keep applying until I just – Sure. I just need an interview, man. Yeah. And – I couldn't, and and a, and a guy originally, eventually told me, he said, man, it's a very political position. Hmm. They're very hard to come by. So unless you know somebody, probably in like the state government, like you might not get that. How can that be that hard to get a job as a park ranger? Cause yeah, I don't know Bill Lee, so. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, dang, man. But that's interesting, man. We kind of got a little, we're yep. in the same groove there for a little while, but. Now I work on a golf course and you're selling insurance. Are you on insurance? Yeah, in insurance. So not on the sales side of it, but so in, in claims. So, you know, folks that get an automobile accident. So I manage yeah. people that handle those claims. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, it was, uh, to backtrack a little bit, it, it was it was definitely fun growing up with your with your wife's family, man. I, I played Little League football with Hunter and, okay. uh, and went to high school with uh, – and if I – I call Chris Chris. Sure. So I don't call her. What's her other name? Christine. Kristen. Kristen. Yeah. I don't yeah. call her Kristen. I call okay. her Chris. Sure. But uh, yeah, growing up with all of them was fun, man. They <laughs> have I ever told you the story about uh, the time I I broke the front door off their house? No. Yeah. I mean, I mean I've been mean to tell it at church during right. a children's sermon, but <laughs> let's hear it. Um, yeah, man. So Hunter's house. They used to live kind of over there close by. Uh, Siegel High School, like off of Thompson Lane, back in one of those big neighborhoods. Yep. And we spent a lot of time over there. I mean, we would just clean out their pantries. We'd go over there in between two-a-days, just all the time spending the night over there. Me and Joe, and I'm sure you know Joe. Yep. Uh, And, man, one day we were over there. uh, It was like after a summer workout or something like that, after lifting weights. And we were hanging out on their front porch. And, man, my chest was sore from lifting weights and all that. So I, I swung their front door open, and I jumped up on it and hung off of it to stretch my chest out. Well, dude, in high school, I mean, I was I mean, I was pretty big. I mean, I was like, you know, I probably weighed like 210. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, dude, I ripped the door right off the hinges. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. So what did Sharon say? Oh, it wasn't Sharon. It was okay. Hunter. Hunter was m- mad, man. I'm talking about Hunter the fifth, not yep. the sixth. Yep, yep. He was, he was mad, dude. You, he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't chew me out or nothing. But man, you could see it in that man's face. He wanted me. He wanted to. <laughs> he wanted to slap me. I could tell. But um, he can be intense. Yeah, he, I think he. <laughs> I think he. Uh, Ended up probably getting some, like, three-inch wood screws and, like, being able to put it back in there. Okay. And, man, i never forget, we, we, like, left the front porch area and went on the back deck. And I was like, dude, your dad's, mad. like, he's not happy right now. And he's like, yeah, he's pretty mad. <laughs> and I was like, dude, we got to leave. Yep. And he's like, all right. So we left. And I never apologized to him. So I, I was going to. 
do a, <laughs> you need to apologize. Yeah, to him. <laughs> I, I was gonna I was gonna do a children's sermon on how to right our wrongs. That's a good and, one. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I was gonna apologize to Hunter for for breaking his door off, which I'm sure he's gonna listen to this. And he he knows. Yeah. You know, what but, is that like? Twenty years later, so oh, it took man. like twenty years for an apology. <laughs> that was yeah. I was probably sixteen. <laughs> okay. When that happens, so that's incredible. Been a long time. I love it. Goodness. But there's been man, there's been all kinds of stuff like that, man. Uh, did we used to we used to get Hunter bought like a, a pair of boxing gloves one time. We used to beat the crap out of each other up there <laughs> in his room and all that. Yeah. So it was a uh, it was a mess, man. There was all kinds of stuff going on uh, over at that house. But I mean, one time, and I'm not trying to go off on a tank. I got so many stories. No, you're good. Uh, but um, you know, when you're young, you kind of experiment with stuff. And we were up in there up in their bonus room okay and we got a hold of a daggum can of skull <laughs> cherry or something like okay, that yeah uh-huh. grape i don't know one uh, of them you know yeah oh yeah i remember that and uh you know we all put us a uh, a chaw on our lip and we're up there you know spitting in water bottles and, and this met, is at hunter and sharon's house oh yeah oh, oh yeah upstairs in the bonus room. <laughs> okay. sharon didn't come up there much you know right, sure so we, <laughs> i love that she listens to this because she's she's probably learning a lot about herself oh right yeah I love so it. <laughs> we're up there man we think we're cool we got our we got our dips in yep and uh man my head starts spinning oh yeah. you know i may have put a little bit too too much in there i probably maybe swallowed some or something yep and man right before that we had gone to mcdonald's and ate a bunch you know, big old blue Powerade and, oh, yeah. and a McDouble. Uh-huh. Dude, I got sick, and they used to have this little mini bar up there, <laughs> and I just had to run over there, and I threw up in their sink, <laughs> and it completely clogged the sink oh, up. My. Clogged the sink up, stunk the hole upstairs up. Oh, dude. so how did y'all get that out of there? <laughs> I had to stick my hand down in oh, there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I had to stick my hand down in there and, like, swish it around so we'd go down the drain. <laughs> oh, the blue Powerade oh, McDonald's dude. dip mixture. Yeah, it mm. was... Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Why does every every guy in the South has like a first dip story? You know? Oh yeah, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember I did the same thing. Probably middle school, yeah. like at baseball practice before the coach got there and yeah. put a big lipper in. Oh yeah, and then before I know it, yeah, I'm yakking behind the dugout, and it, coach is like, "What's wrong?" Yeah, Hunter, Hunter could never. He never got good at it. Sure, Hunter could never dip. Or he. <laughs> He'd always put one in for like two seconds to take it out. Oh, no, it just doesn't taste good. Yep, yep. <laughs> I did it for a lot of years, I guess just being around, you know, a bunch of fraternity buddies in college. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I did it for a lot of years. But I guess after college, once I wasn't around it, I just kind of put it down one day and never picked it up. And yeah, I quit a couple of years ago. I was pretty happy, too. It, it was a uh, – man, that stuff, I think after a while, man, it starts to mess with, like, your esophagus. Oh, I'm sure. And, uh, like, when I hurt, like, 25 – I started to get like really bad acid reflux all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that had something to do with it. Probably. So I just pretty much quit and and uh I really haven't had too many problems anymore. Yeah, that's <clears> good. <throat> yeah, but anyways, man. Oh gosh. Yeah, I'm sure uh Sharon's gonna enjoy this. So <laughs> I'm sure. I love it. You now I was talking to Catherine before we left, you know, I'm like, you know, what do you remember about growing up? Because I know Staley was around all the time. She's like I don't know. I just don't remember much. I guess he was just in the other room. We're all, you know, <laughs> as, as, as kids, we all do our own thing. But yeah. she's like, I don't, I don't know. He was around all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember hanging out with him a, mud, a bunch. But <clears throat> Man, we used to basically eat all their food. Yep. 
and one time we ate like all the like the bagel bites or something and chris was so mad that we ate all the bagel bites that she started like crying (laughs) i'll never forget that man but yeah man the honestly it's a they've been a big blessing man because uh when i was high school middle school age uh, I went to a bigger church here in town, Bel Air Baptist, when I was young. Yeah. And, man, I just, for some reason, man, I didn't vibe well with their youth group. Yep. Uh, I felt like, I don't know what it was. I, they were all, like, I don't want to use the term, like, churchy. Sure. But um, I felt like I just me and my little group of friends were just maybe more you know, man, we just, you know, played sports and just, yep. you know, kind of, and it was very clicky. Sure. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I didn't really care for it. And I started going, so I kind of quit going there on Wednesday nights to their uh, youth stuff. Sure. And I started going to First Baptist with Hunter and their youth group. Okay. Um, and I can't remember the youth minister's name there. He lives down the road. Um. um David Cates. Yeah. Yep. Really liked him, man. Absolutely. Uh, still do. Good guy. Saw him at Dollar General the other day. And, man, that kind of gave me, like, I went there for a couple years, and then, you know, you go into college. and Yeah. But that kind of gave me hope. They're like, man, you know, not all churches are the same, you know. Like, you just kind of kind of go where you fit in maybe sometimes. And, uh, you know, the college years, I didn't – I'm just going to be honest, I didn't go to church a whole lot. I did a little bit here and there and uh, not as much as I should have. And then, you know, obviously me and Kaylin got eventually got married and all that. And uh, it was pretty important to us both because we both grew up in church to get in a church as a married couple, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, man, uh, Hunter was over here hanging out like we are right now. And he was like – and we had – man, we had just been going to all these churches. Sure. Uh we went to a ton of them in town. And, you know, church is great. I mean, but it's hard. Like, you go to a random church, and you kind of sit in the back. And yep. then on the drive home, you're kind of like, you yeah, know, what do you think? And it's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. It was okay, you know. Sermon was all right. I don't. I mean, it's hard to judge off of once. Or, it is. And the, Hunter was like, hey, man, you know my dad uh, – is a is a preacher and i was like that's right i was like is he still at woodbury and he was like no man he's not over there anymore he went he started like a little church out here Mm -hmm. um in greenville and i was like okay and i was like yeah dude just text me the address i'll go this sunday yep and uh and we did man and it's been history since then and i think it would help me a lot walking into a church with with um i mean your family you know, I know all them, known them forever. Mm-hmm. So I'm already comfortable. I already know the main guy. So sure. that, that yep. helps. That helps. That helps. It does. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and man, people, when I walked in there, you know, I don't know Bobby Beetle at that time. Sure. He shakes my hand. He starts talking to me like he knows me. Yep. And you got Randall coming up, shaking my hand, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm glad you're here today, blah, blah. And, uh, just these different people in that church, man, know how to really make people feel welcome. And, uh, yeah, man, so the rest is history. So that's why that's – They do, yeah. That's it, why we're – that's why I'm – that's why literally the Hay family is a big reason why I'm, I'm 
I go to church today. Yeah, I mean, same. I mean, same, same here. I mean, truth be told, I mean, our our stories are very similar in the sense of you know Mm -hmm. me kind of not not going to church during those college years Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. But it it is a different place, you know. Community Church of Greenville is a very different church compared to your traditional. Like I grew up in a traditional Southern Baptist church. We sang three hymns every Sunday. There was an invitation at the end, you know, and it was very. I don't want to say rehearsed, but uh, I mean that's exactly what it was. It very buttoned up, very buttoned up, very rehearsed. You know, I've heard you joke about like you know the offering is always kind of a hot mess at our church, right? Like yeah. no one no one knows to go down the two outside aisles and come back in the middle and kids with broken hips do it. Kids uh, with broken <laughs> hips do it exactly, but but it's not so polished in the sense of like everything's being done just for tradition. Yeah. Instead, you you go in there and you feel cared for. Yeah, from our folks and yeah. and it shows. I mean, you know and. Same here. I didn't know Bobby Beadle. I didn't know Randall. I didn't know any of these guys. Um, I sure didn't think I would ever move out there and be some of these people's neighbors. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we bought our house from church members out there, Chase and Kimmy. Uh, we were looking oh, really? for a house, and they were just like, oh, we're actually selling. And, I mean, it just worked out perfectly. And, you know, we've just – we've always felt cared and loved for there. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're there, too. And, I mean, just the focus on children, I think yeah. I've heard you say before, is, is huge for us. That's big, man. Kaylin uh, – you know, that was hook, line, and sinker for her. You know, Sonny fits in well. Uh, a lot of good kids there, too. Yeah, there are. Uh, you know, kids are kids, but uh, let's not say that you don't notice when they're certain kids are more well-behaved. <laughs> and, it, and it seems like, man, it's like a pretty good yeah. pretty good run of kids coming through there. I mean, we love them all, but, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's really cool growing, getting bigger. It is. Yeah. For everybody listening, Community Church at Greenville, Tennessee. Check us out on Facebook or something. There it is. But so how so what made you so you you, you went to college. What fraternity were you in? Sigma Chi. Sigma Chi. Yep. Which one was that on the row? The one with the the so big got, white cross in front of it. Okay. Yeah. So on the very end you had I think there was Sigma Nu on the very beta. end. Beta. Beta had just gotten kicked out when I came on, Not the on, death on, penalty. on, on campus. Uh, I can't remember. I can't, I can't believe I remember all this. AGR, which uh, was like the agriculture yep, redneck okay. guys. Great, uh, great guys. I spent a lot of time down there. Yep. I should know this too. Yep. And then Sigma Chi, and okay. I can't remember the rest down the road. But Okay. Yeah. So, um, criminal justice major. Yep. What, I mean, what, what made you, because you said you were a youth minister, right? Yeah, so I mean to give you some background, like I, you know, similarly grew up in church, grew mm-hmm. up in a in a small Southern Baptist church, you know, saved at a young age, baptized, you know, very typical, you know, Southern upbringing as far as like we're we're in the church every time the doors are open. Oh yeah, we're there Wednesday night for youth group. Mm-hmm. You know, Sunday morning came, you better have your polo shirt on, and mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're coughing or talking in church, your mom's twisting your ear, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess junior year of high school kind of started you know, living more of a selfish lifestyle, I guess I, w- I would say. Um, you know, just, just getting into kind of that party scene, you know, and, and doing things that I probably shouldn't have been doing, especially as a 17-year-old. And that kind of carried on, I would say, into college. Um, pretty much, you know, you know, got into college, like we talked about before, started criminal justice, easiest degree I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really was not focused on my education by any means. It's not why I was in college. I was in college for oh, yeah. for a good time. So I was in college because my friends were going to college. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I if moved. all my friends would have went to uh, 
I don't know, diesel mechanic school, I probably would have gone and done that. hundred percent. I just, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just, you know, where everybody was, I was there for the party. Mm. So, you know, just, you know, I did go to most of my classes. I think I graduated in four and a half years. So I did it semi on time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, about two years in met Catherine and, um, you know, kind of like you said that the Hay family really changed my life in that sense of, of just meeting Catherine and by no means were we living, you know, perfect at that time. Mm-hmm. But after we'd been dating, I guess, probably about a year or so, um, yeah, she kept me away from the family for like a full year. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Really? Right. Yeah. I, I didn't meet, I didn't meet her parents for a couple of years, maybe Dang. a year or two. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe she didn't trust it, but she'll love that. So that's funny. <laughs> so after about a year, she's like, Hey, my dad's pastor out in Woodbury. So he was still in Woodbury at that time. Yeah. And so we kind of started going out there, um, I guess, you know, just on Sunday mornings and, mm-hmm. you know, not, nothing really in my life changed, uh, but I would go to church. I started going to church and I wasn't going at all prior to that in college. Mm-hmm. So we kept going and we got a little more involved, um, after a little while and started kind of helping out with this little program called Awana with the children's ministry. And they, they do a bunch of like Bible verse memorization and mm-hmm. things like that. So started helping out with that, started helping out with the youth ministry. And that was right when I was about to graduate. So I graduated and we were, I think we got engaged right before I graduated. So it was like we got engaged uh, February of that year. And then we were going to get married in June. And so I became, so sorry, backtracking. So we kept, you know, we kept being involved in the church mm. and kind of helping out with the Wanam. And then at some point they tell me they're looking for a youth minister and their, their church secretary, um, one night hands me this manila envelope with a newspaper article in it. And she's got the youth ministry, like search circled inside this newspaper. Uh-huh. And it just has a sticky note that says, think about it. So I'm like, oh, like this is this is really not on my horizon. Like, there's no way I'm gonna, yeah. you know, essentially move out of Greek Row yeah. and become a youth minister. But you know, decided to apply for it. Um, you know, and I, I find myself in this room of a bunch of deacons and elders that are, you know, 70, 80 years old, asking me about my testimony and all this, and mm-hmm. um, ended up becoming a youth minister, which. You know, all my friends are like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no way this guy can be a youth minister, right? I mean, he was, you know, down at the fraternity house a year ago, you know, drinking beer, you know, by the gallon. So That's that's funny that you say that because, (laughs) look, I mean, we we ran in the same places. Sure. I saw you in gyms because I was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we hung out at tailgates, I think, a couple times. Yeah. Uh, You know, just normal stuff, but I do remember, like, years like after, a couple of years after college i think hunter told me he's like yeah tyler's actually the youth minister out there and i was like really yeah yeah <laughs> well, that's cool man <laughs> yeah <laughs> a lot of you know all my friends were were shocked at the decision and really i mean it, it didn't track with what my life was going like mm-hmm. in, in you know at the time but i mean that set up <clears throat> our life like removing myself from the environment that i was in and moving to woodbury really set my life up on a foundation like my marriage up on this foundation that was yeah. in christ my life on this foundation that was in christ because i just i wasn't around it anymore yeah and I, I think you know a lot of my friends they didn't track that way right i mean they're they're still going out thursday through sunday you know have you know have haven't gotten into a relationship yet don't have friends mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that that's you know that that's wrong by any means but yeah um my life just tracked a different way in a way that i didn't think it would yeah, and, I, and listen, I didn't think I was qualified for it at the end of the day. You know, when I went out there, I was driving a church bus to church camp like a week later, you know, in the mountains of North Carolina thinking, 
how are these parents trusting me with their children right now? Like I'm 22 yeah. years old, yeah. just left a, a fraternity house, and now I'm out here trying to do youth ministry. Yeah, with with really, I mean, I, I don't know. You tell me, but not probably like a whole lot of experience with children, like no kids, none. really zero, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. You know, other than just like volunteering for you know Sunday school or whatever it was at church yeah. before that. But yeah, zero experience with youth, zero experience with teenagers. You know, zero experience. I mean, th- that comes with a ton of conflict resolution and just. Yeah. I mean, teenagers are a hot mess to deal with sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're emotional, emotional things, man. It was a. Uh, I remember there was always some, <clears throat> some type of drama going on back in the day. That's a that's a tough gig, man. But that's how many years did you do that there? I did it for almost two, so it wasn't a full two years. Mm. Um, but I think it was just under two years, something like that. That but, was like a paid position, and everything. Yeah, paid that's full cool, full time ministry position, and wow. I mean it was it was great. Change it. I mean, we built a house up in Woodbury. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Hunter was the pastor at the time for, yeah. I guess, the first six months. He left. I was still there. He left probably six months into me starting and, mm. and started this church out here in Greenville. Mm. Um, you know, so, you know, two two totally different environments, those two those two churches. Um, what, so, like, how's the dynamics of, like, I'm assuming, like, you had, like, a probably, like, an office there. Yeah. Like, what, like, what is a normal, like, obviously... Wednesday night was probably a big night. Yep. And then Sunday's church. Yep. So what was like a normal, I don't know, like a Thursday like at that place? Like do you just go to your office every day and just figure out what you want to do for the week? or? Yeah, I mean, it becomes very flexible. I mean, we did, we would have like staff meetings and things like that. But, you know, usually, you know, I would say, you know, the majority of ministry staff probably takes off Monday. Sunday is the big day. It's the big show kind of thing. Yep. Monday was off. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, kind of Tuesday through it, you know, you'd be off on Saturday and Mondays. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the rest of the week, you know, I mean, it did come with a lot of flexibility. So, That's you know, a, a typical Thursday may look like I show up, you know, make some coffee mm-hmm. and and have Bible study time. And, I, you know, you just had to. And that's another reason, right, that mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I grew so much closer to Christ. And that time was I forced myself to be in the word every day that I was there. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. That's awesome, man. So would you just have to prepare like a lesson every week for what you wanted to talk about on Wednesday night? And I'm sure that you had other people that kind of worked with you too, like part-time maybe a little bit. Kind of. I mean, helpers. It, not <laughs> real, not not a ton. I mean, I'd really? had some people that like had some chaperones that would come down there on Wednesday nights, but I, I definitely didn't have a ton of help. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a, I mean, it was, you know, I think the average attendance was probably two to 300 yeah. on a Sunday morning. Okay. Um, but the youth was about 30-ish kids um, by the time I left there. So, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of preparation as far as, like, you know, preparing a lesson, preparing, you know, we would do, like, some worship songs um, and things of that nature. So it was was a lot of preparation as to, like, what am I going to speak on? Similar to, like, a sermon prep that a pastor would do, but for a a Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, man, when uh, you've done a sermon a time or two at church when uh, uh, Hunter's been out, and you seem, like, pretty comfortable with doing that, so... You think, I mean, I don't know. You might have been nervous as a cat on a boat, but it seemed it didn't seem like that to me. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, have you ever thought about going into full time ministry again, or do you kind of like what you're doing now? Or I don't know that I love what I'm doing now. I don't, but I don't know that I want to be in full time ministry or mm-hmm. a full time pastor. I, you know, there's something to be said for you know, being like a lay leader or just somebody who 
you know, volunteers because mm-hmm. with paid ministry comes control of the church. Yeah. And I think that can that can become a blurred line, meaning like, hey, because you're paid, we want you to do this. We want, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, even when I was doing youth ministry, why are you doing only a 30-minute lesson instead of an hour? Well, we only have an hour. You know, you're only getting a 30-minute sermon on Sunday. Yeah, I want to talk to the kids about exactly what they got going on. Absolutely. Sometimes, man, you got to like, be careful with that kind of stuff because sometimes, like, you asking somebody about, like, what they've been up to may be more important than what you're going to talk about in the lesson. For sure. Just because that kid needs uh, maybe a role model or, like, needs to got something on their heart that they kind of want to talk about. You know, if you fill up your whole time with, uh, you know, cramming something down their throat, kind of, you know, you're not ever going to, you know, they might have a prayer request that you never get to hear. Absolutely. Or something like yeah. that. And at the end of the day, kids need to play. Like, I mean, even teenagers. Yeah, like, man. We need, to, we, need yeah. to, we need to play. We need to throw dodgeballs. Yeah. We need to play gaga. Like, you know, and people discount that. Yeah. It's especially, uh, you know, older adults. Like, we, there's a time and place to play, and that builds mm-hmm. relationships. And when you build a relationship yeah. with someone, they are much more receptive to the message that you're that you're bringing versus yeah just trying to get up there and talk for an hour to a bunch of teenagers who are going to zone out after seven minutes anyways absolutely man my dad was our uh, sunday school teacher okay in high school yeah him and his uh his best friend and they did a great job because we had a wild class and uh that man the first i don't know sunday school's an hour i guess the first like 30 minutes was like let's go over all the college football games <laughs> let's go over all the high school football games yep. you know let's just kind of talk as a Sunday school class just about what's just w- whatever yeah you know whatever is going on and you know it's not just like the kids talking to just each other it was like them two men communicating with everybody just having a good time yeah and then you know they would just kind of roll that into we'd go over a couple of verses and they'd kind of break that break them down go through the meaning have a short lesson man probably 10 15 minutes yep and then they would kind of roll that into like a good life lesson mm-hmm. um and talk about things like that like financial responsibility and uh even like dating stuff with girls stuff like that like uh you know life stuff and um and then we pray for a little bit and that'd be it man and it man it held and the and the sunday school teacher we had before my dad um he quit okay (laughs) he couldn't hold our attention sure and he just uh i mean nothing on that guy that was on our fault that was our faults but absolutely um you know so it's important man to to give people like freedom to kind of operate in their in their in their space because if you're if you're a youth minister man um somebody in the leadership does not know those children as well as you do that's true you know so i think they most of the time you should you should lean on your leaders that are that are the ones doing it you know yeah absolutely and it i mean that's true of adults as well i mean like you know we, we talked about hunter and you know, he's been a, a huge mentor for me, and even even in the way that I teach, you know, and that you know, going back to your original question, like, would you would you want to do full time? I love the teaching aspect, but shepherding a flock of of people is tough, right? His phone rings off the hook constantly of people mm. calling, needing this, that, and the other. Um, but I do, 
you know, I do, I do enjoy the teaching and I've learned a lot from Hunter. And if you pay attention, his preaching is storytelling, right? It's not, it's not just I'm reading scripture and then I'm talking at you Mm -hmm. for an hour. Yeah. He weaves stories in and out of it and it keeps you engaged. And that's, that's rare to find in a pastor. And I'm not just saying that because he's my father-in-law. Yeah. Like genuinely like the way that he can just weave a story into Mm -hmm. a sermon is phenomenal. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I'll text him sometimes on on Sunday afternoon and be like, man, that was a really good message today. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice, man, having, having a good preacher. Yep. It's, uh, you know, he's, he's talked a little bit about, uh, how important it is to be actually educated, you know, because he's been in the seminary and all that. You know, yeah. He's legit. And that's nice sometimes, man, mm-hmm. um, to have that. And that's also another thing that, like, you're talking about going into full-time ministry. You know, it's that, that'd be an important thing to have yeah. uh, is, is, you know, he's got his doctrine. So, yep. yeah, he is one of the one of the better preachers that I've, that I've ever gotten the pleasure to listen to and uh, – I promise, Hunter, I'm not being biased just because I like you. <laughs> what about you, man? How do you feel about this new elder position that, no, that you've been uh, that it, you've been elected to? It's good, man. I've never, um, never remotely <laughs> been in any kind of scenario like that before. Mm-hmm. So it's all very new. Yep. Uh, it's um, you know, never been to a church leadership meeting before. Yep. I didn't know what that looked like and. Uh, but you know, it's it's good for me, man. It it uh holds me accountable sure. in certain ways and yeah. um makes me more invested in the church uh during this process and the in, in you know, even when I roll off of it, I think it'll it'll give me a a little bit more sense of dedication to the church and to to do things because you know, it is a community church. It's not a big church. Yeah. It's a little tiny country church and it does kind of take everybody to keep it going and keep it running. It does. Based on how much you want to do, you know. Uh, there's a lot of different directions churches can go in. Um, I think our church does a great job of doing doing quite a bit. I think the children in our church are one of the main focuses, you know, just because there's so many, so many kids. But it's good, man. Um, you know, I think... I don't know. It's almost like the Lord's been setting me up for this for a little while without me knowing it. Yeah. Uh, probably six months ago to a year ago. Uh, I just, for some reason, I was getting like a lot of uh, people kind of telling me about bad church experiences. Sure. And some of them uh, very bad. Yeah. Uh, as far as, you know, uh, like my mom told me that when I was a kid, there, there was some church in Humboldt that we went to where the song leader, you know, like molested a child or something like that. You know, sure. Horrible, <clears throat> horrible things. Yeah. And I was kind of talking to my mom about all this. My mom's pretty, uh, she's a, she's a good Christian woman. Absolutely. And, and she goes, you know, Staley, <clears throat> churches are full of people and, uh, people are going to be people and churches are not exempt. They're not from any of that. I 100% agree. And I, and and you, nobody had ever told me that before. Yeah. And I needed to hear it. Yeah. And because I I would held a little bit of animosity uh 
probably a little bit towards churches for a long time just because I'd maybe had some bad experiences and stuff. Nothing serious, just – and um, I needed to hear that, and I and I, I accepted that pretty quickly. I was like, you know what, she's right. Like, It's spot on. It's, I, churches I say are full like, of people. Yeah, no one's ever left a church because of anything Jesus did. They, they only leave <laughs> yeah. because of something a person did, and we're all people, and uh-huh. we're all mis- we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we, we're all hypocrites. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's true. People say, like, all oh, the church is full of hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. We're all people. We're all yeah. sinners. So so is the restaurant over there, and so is exactly anywhere else you go. Yeah, people are people. So. I think it's spot on. I think your mom nailed it. Yeah, and like I said, I needed to hear that, and I kind of, sw- you know, rolled that around for a while. And then all of a sudden, I don't know who, I don't know how I got into the position I am, but got to be on the church leadership group, and, man, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a blessing, and I'm excited. And church is trying to do things, trying to trying to get the ball rolling on different things. And yep. so we'll see, man. Got a got a lot of young people in the church, and got a couple of wise people, and so it's really it's exciting, man. It um, is. But I, I wanted to ask you just because I've been uh, thinking about this lately. You know, I feel like we kind of had like a similar college experience meeting our wives in college Mm -hmm. and kind of you know moving on and how do you feel like how did you feel about the transitions from like college life into like into your adulthood like into your are you like in your 30s yeah 31 yeah i'm 33 okay so do you not feel like it's so much better now oh it's so much better (laughs) now but there is a weird transition period where there is and, and maybe this is because of like because of the amount of like like shenanigans I was in, yeah, there there is an aspect that seems boring at first, yeah. and and I, and I don't mean that in any sort of like negative way, but mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden you're you're settling down, right, and and things just get more serious, and you start having children, yeah, and they get even more serious, right, and with with more responsibility comes less freedom, yeah, so. It, it's been a you know it's been a great transition i love my life now i think it's i, I think it's phenomenal um what we've built as a family so you know it, it it's only going to get better i'll say that yeah man i just i used to struggle with this like because you know in college like if it ain't a school night oh yeah it's a party night. we're going out mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. a party night yeah. and going to whiskey dish. yeah going to <laughs> gentlemen gyms wherever man and it took me it took me a while to like realize like every night like because all of a sudden man when i graduated college every night was not a school night yeah for a little bit there it can be dangerous and it did get a little dangerous and like I don't know. I just I don't think people talk enough about like the transition of like transition. Like I would I think it would be helpful to take a literal class. Yeah. How <laughs> to transition <laughs> out of the college lifestyle into young adulthood. For sure. Yeah. Um cuz man, it, it was a uh, but it's been a it's been a slow burn and um having kids is a, is a big part of it. Yeah. It's been uh having Sonny's been uh, a blessing it's uh we've had, had when when did y'all have your when did y'all have uh piper piper so she's six what she was born in 2017 2017 so we were married for i don't know two two years prior to to her being born yeah see me and kaylin went on a stretch did you oh yeah we got married in 2015 and sonny was married or not married lord that's never gonna happen <laughs> um <laughs> i'm gonna say no uh 
she was born in 2022. Okay. So we, we did a pretty good stretch with no kids, but sure. I love it now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And how old's Sunny now? She turns two in March. Two in March. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What was the biggest shock you think having, having kids or having, a, having Sunny so far? Mm, man. Um, the biggest shock. I did not realize how much time I used to have. Yeah, okay. I love it. Yep. Um, I don't know what I used to do. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if I had that time back, I could start a Fortune 500 company now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I immediately realized that, like, oh, this is different. Mm-hmm. Like, this is um, – and I've always been – I don't – I would never say I was somebody that wasted time. I've always been a pretty hard worker and mm-hmm. I stay busy, but man, you know, I also had some time to chill. Yeah. Um, and you don't really get that much chill time, man. You don't, yeah. With kids. I don't know. What about you? What was a, what was a big change? Yeah. I mean, I, I think similarly, like, yeah, you lose a lot of time. Logistics, I feel like becomes a thing mm-hmm. as they get older, even like just the amount of moving pieces now that we have two, especially, there's just a lot of moving pieces yeah. with school, with drop off here, drop off there, you know, and, and thank the Lord we have help with Sharon. We have, you know, mm-hmm. and, and Catherine's great. I mean, you know, but it just seems like we're running the roads constantly going from one place to another. And yeah, they're just hands on. We you know when, when we have kids this age, I mean, it's all about mom and dad. I mean, they need you for everything. The yeah. minute you sit down, they need you to get up. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, obviously, but it, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes. Did y'all want to have two or? Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about only having one for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when Piper was, when Piper was born, we really were kind of like, all right, let's, we'll probably just have one. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately just kind of had two. It wasn't really planned. It wasn't unplanned by any means, but it was just kind of like, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. 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 We're pretty open to having a second kid. Um, I'm not going to lie. At first, man, I was like, ah, I don't know. One's starting to sound, but Sunny loves kids so much mm-hmm. um, that it's like, oh, okay, she probably needs a sibling. But It is not like even this last week, right? We had snow days for a full week, and uh, you know, I know you're still dealing with it this week. <laughs> yeah. But they – are each other's best friend. They play yeah. with each other all the time. It's, you know, princess dresses and running around the house and it, it's like a built-in play buddy. So that part of it yeah. is, is amazing. But, you know, we have friends who, who have just one child and, you know, there's part of that that's incredible in the sense of like, you have the time to do everything one-on-one, right? So it seems like with two, you just don't have time to do everything hands-on or one-on-one with, with each of them individually anymore. So you feel like it's not as... I don't know, as good a quality time sometimes. Yeah. But they've got each other. So there's something to that too. I've asked people, do you think it's easier with one or easier with two? One, 100%. Really? Yeah. Okay. For you. I mean, yeah. I I've, mean, gotten, I've gotten mixed reviews on that. Selfish, Some, Selfishly one I mean, at this age. Now, maybe when they're older, it could be easier. I don't know. I don't see that. I just, I don't understand. How that. could it be easier? I don't see how it could. <laughs> okay, there's no way. It's simple. It's numbers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Even the stuff simple is like, hey, like I'm like you watch Sunny while I run to the store. That yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. Now it's two on one when you do that. So yeah. now it's like now right. it's uh, I'll take Piper to the store with me if you can just handle Lucy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a. Uh, it's. Do you do you feel like um, 
do you have any like big hobbies or anything or I know yeah. you hunt a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I'm not. I would say, you know, like I deer hunted this year. I killed two deer, but I'm not a huge hunter. I'm not, you know, it's I'm not, not something that I'm that I'm doing every day and obsessing about. Uh, really got big into running. Probably, I don't know. Probably about the year Piper oh, nice. was born. Okay. Um, so I've done some marathons and yeah. ultra marathons and stuff like that. So really, um, that's kind of a big hobby. Um, so trying to train for a marathon this year. Really, which one are you gonna do? I don't know what I'm going to run yet. I've always, so it's been a lifelong dream to, to qualify for Boston. So you yeah. got to, to run the Boston Marathon, you have to qualify for it. And it's, it's fast. That was a goal of mine once too. So, uh, have you done the Nashville? I've never done the Nashville. It's no. hard. Yeah. I've done it. Okay. Yeah. I've done, um, I've done the half like three, four times. Okay. And, uh, I did the full, uh, nice. which, uh, I finished it. Yeah. It was. I didn't train for it. Okay. So, uh, I was really busy. <laughs> I just started up my own lawn care company. Yep. And um, <clears throat> I was working. I was working at Nissan, and I worked second shift. So I would wake up at like six o'clock in the morning, go mow yards until like one o'clock in the afternoon, and then run home, take a shower, jump in the truck, and then go to the plant. Oh, work, wow. work Work till ten o'clock come home and my best friend talked me into signing up for a full marathon and I tried to sneak as many runs in as I could because I I ran in college a lot yeah probably three four miles a day six days a week okay and I'd sprinkle in probably like an eight to ten mile run yeah probably once every two weeks that's a bunch of running I, I was pretty I was pretty standard sure so I was uh Running is one of those things you definitely have to get in shape to, but I can, like, I haven't ran in a while, man, but, like, I'm not saying it'd be super fast, but I could probably go run four miles right now. Sure. I think you just kind of learn how to do it a little bit. You do. And it, you, I think you learn how to just suffer yeah. <laughs> a little bit and yeah. get used to it. Yep. But that's good. So what all marathons have you done? Um, I've just, <clears throat> I've done the flying, it's called the Flying Monkey Marathon. Huh. you ever heard of that? It's in no. Nashville. Um, so it's like, it's in... What is it? Harpeth Hills Park? I think I don't know. Anyways, it's super hilly. Yeah, worst marathon I've ever done. That's it's, how rock yeah, and roll is. Yes. Oh my god, it's awful. So like I kind of like tore an Achilles almost doing that. I did an ultra called the Middle State Hat or no Mid State Mile. That's what it's called. Mid State Mile. So it's a one mile loop. You got to do it every one mile. You get twenty minutes to do it, but it's like straight uphill. So it's like a three hundred feet of elevation gain. I want to say if I remember right. Wow. And so you can kind of game of fire right so if you finish in 10 minutes you can sit for 10 minutes but you got to be on the line ready to do the next mile at the start of every 20 minute interval so and you mm. just go until you can't so yeah i don't know i think i did like 35 36 miles or something the oh. winner is a navy seal he did like 160 something miles something what? crazy like you did 35 two, miles i did 35 yeah holy but the winner did like you know 160 so <laughs> comparatively i think Dude. i got like 30th place or something was he walking I mean, he was kind of hike. I mean, you're kind of you're kind of running and hiking. So I mean, it's it's hard. It's called to, huffing it, <laughs> kind of huffing it, yeah. But he was kind of like back of the pack. Like he would just kind of slowly do it, finish it like 18 minutes, get some water, get a little bite to eat, and then just you know kind of keep going. He just kind of went at it slow and slow and steady. Wow. But yeah, man, that's wild. So how how did you mix it up? Were you doing like kind of trying to nail them out or did a little bit of both? I did a little like at first. I think my first lap I was like, all right, I'm gonna see how fast I can do this. That way I can rest. And then you're just like dead. So yeah. at, then I was like, all right, I'm gonna try to do 17, 18 minutes and then rest for two, and then kind of keep trying to go. So 
it, but I mean, it was middle of summer, like a hundred degrees outside, hot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the furthest I've ever done. But yeah, haven't Man, done, haven't I, done one in a couple of years. That's so. impressive. Do you know the time that it took? No idea. I don't yeah. remember. I don't even remember the time of my fool. It wasn't good. I I finished it. Sure. But, uh, it was it was a record high for the end of April. <laughs> really? It was ninety two degrees that day. That's no joke. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it's April, man. So you're not used to ninety. No, I mean, and I mean, being not being undertrained for a marathon in general, you can't fake. I mean, you can't fake a marathon. You're gonna I, you're gonna suffer no. even if you're walking. <laughs> Man, I never forget. My dad texted me at like mile thirteen, half of it, and he was like, "Hey, man, are you gonna finish?" And I texted him back because he was at the house, and he was like, "I'll come up to Nashville if you're gonna finish." I texted him back, and I was like, "No, probably not." Um, and then I just kept running, just kept running, kept running. And this little, this little short, stocky girl ran up beside me, um, probably around mile like 15, 17, something like that. And she was from Boston, and she was um, an owner of a CrossFit gym. Okay. And she was like uh, asking me, like, she was like, I'm really struggling. I'm just trying to find people to talk to to keep my mind off of the, you know, hurting. I was like, okay. And she was like, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I work in a factory and <laughs> mow yards. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. She was like, did you do a lot of training? And I was like, nope. Nope. <laughs> and um, and she was like, yeah, we're, this is like a challenge for us. We're trying, because like CrossFit people think that they can run a marathon without mm-hmm. training for it either. Yep. And she goes, and that's what we're doing. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, how's that working out? And she was like, I don't know. Like, she was like, I'm just, my feet are hurting. She's like, I'm not doing good. And I was like, well, you can finish. I was like, you're strong. And, man, she ran with me for a couple miles, and then she just she fell back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just disappeared. Yeah. But I laugh, but if I went to a CrossFit gym, I would die in probably five minutes. Oh, I mean, those I'm guys are doing swinging that. all over the place. And no. I don't know. It just looks, it looks wild to me. Yeah, I don't need any more. I lifted so many weights through high school and all that, man. I just, I mean, I, it's good to do a little bit. But I think uh, cardio is probably more important than than anything. But that's cool, man. I didn't know you were into running. You do a lot of running out where you live. A little bit, yeah. It's I mean, tough you know, it's tough. There. It's hilly, and everybody's got like an attack dog. It seems like in the country, so you got to mm-hmm. carry mace or a gun with you oh. when you're running. It seems like. I mean, I laugh, but but I'm kind of oh, serious. So it it's interesting. It's been a lot of treadmill running lately with the snow and ice. Yeah. So I got a treadmill over there. You can see what it's doing. It's not even set up right now, but. I need to get going again. Yeah, that's cool. Well, man, it's a, it's a. I I, I need to get back in it because I I said when Sunny was born that I really want to like uh, give her a good example mm-hmm. of that. Yep. And show her like, hey, you have to exercise. Yep. You know, you have to take care of your body. You have to eat good and stuff like that. So, though, as she's getting like more aware now, I definitely want to start. Uh, maybe trying to exercise with her around her yep absolutely as, as much as possible they watch i mean and it yeah. is it is scary how much I w- i'm i'm reading a kind of a parenting book right now um and this lady's talking about mirror neurons is what she's talking about hmm. and basically what it is is your kids are going to act like you right whoever they're around they're going to mirror mm-hmm. and they're around you the most so they're going to act like you right so show me your kids and i'll show you your house is kind of the premise yeah so you know, similarly, like with Piper, she's six now. Um, you know, she, she 
like, I mean, if I go on a run, she wants to go on a run. If Catherine's doing a workout in the house or outside, she wants to be out there working out with us. Yeah. If she sees dad on the couch reading a Bible in the morning, she gets hers out and is right there next to me. So yeah. your kids watch what you do. And then, you know, even on the negative side, right, the only negative feedback we've ever gotten from school is, you know, she, she's not as patient with some, some of the kids. You know, like if somebody doesn't get like catch on as fast, she's a little impatient. We're like, Yep, that, that's me, 100%. Like, that's, yeah. I'm impatient. If we're getting out the door, I'm like, let's go. What Bro. What are we doing? Bro. Get out the door. I'm terrible. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing the welcome at church on Sunday. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I'm rolling in late every Sunday morning. But it's just like, you know, we're like, all right, have patience. Yeah. Because it's, you know, at the end of the day, you know, church doesn't start on time anyways. We start 15 no. minutes late every Sunday. Dude, I know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm a... I'm a kid, dude. Sometimes I act ridiculous. Same. I, on Sunday morning sometimes, look, man, We, I don't know why I feel like I have to leave here at 9 o'clock. It takes us 15 minutes to get to the church. <laughs> why we get to church early, there's no reason to. Yeah. We're not starting on time anyway. Never. And I get so flustered up sometimes, and I'll, like, take Sunny out, put her in her car seat, and I'll start the truck and just be sitting in the truck. <laughs> While Kaylin's inside, so, that's that's so petty. Isn't that dumb? <laughs> and and I'll just be sitting in there, yeah, I've just done that. just boiling. Like, I can't, bl- I can't. It's it's nine ten. This is, I just can't. I'm just like, what? Do you, and then you know, you get to church and there's like four cars in the parking lot, and I just I mean, I'm like, what are you doing? Man? Yep, yep. I like, feel the same way every Sunday. Why do you do stuff like that? Yep. I've been, yeah, I've been trying to work on myself. I'm always trying to work on myself. Obviously, everybody should, but. Yeah, I've been trying to. Kaylin's always said she's like, you used to not stress about anything, yep. and I'm like, well, used to was like when we had no responsibilities at all. Yep. I said we got a little bit more going on now, so give me a little grace. But um, I'm trying just to not worry about stuff. Uh, I'm not like a real big, like I don't know what anxiety is, and like I, you know, sure. I'm not a real big stress guy, anyways. But yeah. Um, as a man, you you, you kind of carry a little bit naturally. Mm-hmm. I try just I'm trying not to just stress about stupid stuff. Yeah, like that. It's easier said so, than done, though. I mean, I, I yeah, mean, I, I act very similarly. <laughs> it's just, yeah. and I wish I didn't because I look back and I'm like, well, does, does it really matter if I'm late for church? Does it really matter if I get out the door? One I know I'm. Earlier? I know I'm doing it when I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm like I know I'm acting like an idiot right now. Oh yeah, but I guess I'm just gonna do it anyways. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Me but, and Catherine first got married. I'll tell you a story about impatience. When me and Catherine first got <laughs> married, we were living in Murfreesboro and we had this house and it just, and we had we had hardwood floors throughout, right? And downstairs. They were slick hardwood floors and I'm wearing socks. Mm-hmm. And Hunter, Catherine's dad, comes over and we had this um Australian shepherd and this Australian shepherd did not like anybody but, you know, the the yeah. central family. So Hunter knocks on the door and this dog is like ready to attack. <laughs> And so I'm running to the door, right? And he comes through, and I'm trying to grab the dog, and I'm like, you stupid dog. And I slip and just face plant right in front of Hunter. Ooh. And, I mean, I'm yelling, and I'm just like, you know, we, we hadn't been married long, and I'm like, what is this guy thinking? But, uh, you know, Hunter's just laughing. He's just like, okay, yep, yep I'm, I'm similar to this. But, I mean, it's just I don't know what takes over, you know, with Dad sometimes, but we just, you know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I got one of my retarded cats in here. <laughs> I better throw him outside. Hold on just a second. I think it's something with kids, though, you know, as far as, like, becoming more. Yeah, I used to be very B-type, 
you know, mm-hmm. did, didn't get too fired up. But something about having kids and, and responsibilities, I'm, I'm with you. I think it just it just comes with age. As yeah. in, that sounds that sounds old, but it does. Yeah. No, it does. Do you have anything that you like like to focus on? I don't really know if I like the term girl dad, but hmm. that's what we are. Yep. Um, that's a new popular term, girl yep. dad or boy mom, you mm-hmm. know, all that yep. vibe. Um, but as a dad of two girls, do you have anything that you like, you try to like focus on maybe even now, maybe even in the future, like maybe even like a little bit more so than other things or like what, for example, I guess, man, like with Sonny, you know, I can't teach her how to be a woman. Right. That's Kaylin's job. Sure. Um, but I feel like I can show her the meaning of hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's something um, probably not now. Yeah. Uh, right now I'm trying to show her that she's emotional because she's two. Yep. So I'm trying to show her that I don't respond emotionally mm-hmm. to stuff. Yeah. To so, to, so to, re, you know, to be calm is what yeah. I'm trying to focus on right now. But you know, one day when she gets a little bigger, I want to I want to show her what what hard work is. Yeah. And I want her to respect it. I want her to respect money, and um, I want her to know that nothing happens from nothing. Yeah. Uh, so do you kind of like think about anything like that? Yeah, I do. I definitely do, and I definitely agree. Like you know, I th- I think the you know even just hard work is is lost in our culture nowadays. From mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm in a leadership role now, and hard work is is being lost Mm -hmm. but I think you know for me you know is showing her what a future husband looks like through the way I treat Catherine that's great and I and I and I could do a lot better job of that Mm -hmm. I mean honestly I mean I think we all we all would probably say that about ourselves like I could be a better husband I could be a better father yeah and then just just little things like every night when I tuck Piper in I I say certain things like I have a certain thing I I tell her every night she's like Mm -hmm. say the special thing and it's just Mm -hmm. like you're beautiful Mm -hmm. I love you I'll always be there for you. I'll always protect you. Um, you know, God loves you. Mm-hmm. Daddy loves you. That's awesome. So, you know, and just repeating that and just hoping that, like, she remembers that as she gets older, um, that, mm-hmm. her, that her dad slowed down enough to say the things that are important. Um, you know, I grew up kind of with a, with a single mother. I had some stepdads, um, but didn't have, like, a consistent father figure in my life. So mm-hmm. um, becoming a dad for me was, was very different because I don't have any sort of any sort of role model to necessarily look up to. I had a great grandfather who was a father figure in my life, but didn't have a consistent father in the house. Mm-hmm. So really it's been fun for me to kind of be whatever dad I want to be and not have, I don't really have a standard. I don't have anything. I'm like, I don't have a goal to reach. So it's just kind of like, I'm just shooting as high as I can. Right. You yeah. know, you know, I'm trying to be more like Jesus every day, I'm trying to be a better father every day, I'm trying to be a better husband every day. Um, but man, man, do I fail. You know, it's easy to say, but, well, you know. man, it, look, the important thing with anything like that is that you're, you have the, the awareness of trying. Sure. So you're always trying. So naturally in that, you're going to do better. Yeah. Uh, if you're not trying to do anything, if you're not conscious of anything, then, yeah, you're probably going to fall behind or fall a little bit short, uh, on goals that don't exist. So, no, that's awesome, man. That's, um, I like to talk to other dads, man. It's, Same. uh, cause you know, I didn't take a class 
So I'm just paddling in the dark here, <laughs> just trying to do yeah uh, the best I can. I, I had good parents, and uh, my dad he wasn't he's not a real outspoken man. He's not going to talk you to death. Yeah, and he wasn't uh, he wasn't a guy that was going to give us. You know, he wasn't real verbal with us. He wasn't always, like, telling us, you need to be doing this, you can't be doing that. He wasn't like that. Yeah. He's just more of a lead-by-example kind of guy. Yeah. And that's – he is – and we don't do any – he's a – he's in healthcare. He was always a, an administrator for, uh, you know, healthcare facilities and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, But, man, he worked, he's a hard worker. Uh very very hard worker that's awesome and i saw him grind in my whole childhood and just seeing that um i think i just grew up being like that's just what you do right like sure. it's not i really like i never knew it was an option to not yeah like try hard at the things you're yeah absolutely so, and that seems like the same for you i mean not an av- average people don't run 35 miles uphill you know that and you know uh Stuff like that is – I realize now what my parents instilled in me, so it's it's looking forward on my kid. Yeah. I, I want to try to do the same thing without without trying to be too overbearing either. Uh, I definitely don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know – I don't want to smother my kid with anything either. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, like you said, the fact that you're trying and conscious of it is huge. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, like you said, I love talking to other dads too, but it's, it's rare to find dads that – that care enough to even talk about it or have conversations about it because I think the easiest thing to do as a dad is and this is going to sound a little bit weird is is focus on providing that's like Mm. that's like the cop out as a man is like I'm going to provide for my family at all costs meaning I'm never home I'm constantly working I'm, Mm. I'm never present when really the harder thing to do is to be in the house doing the work with your children yeah and you know I try to choose that over Mm -hmm. everything else and that's that's hard to do sometimes, right? I mean, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easier to to work overtime than it is to, you know, do overtime with your children. I yeah. Mean, you know, anytime I'm, you know, and snowstorm, this snow apocalypse, whatever everybody else called it this past week, yeah, has proven it to all of us. Like work mm-hmm. is a break yeah. compared to compared to raising children. It is work is easy. So <laughs> that's a that's a good point, man. Yeah, man. If I'm at like a cookout or something, yeah, and I'm trying to chat it up with another dad, and he don't want to talk about no dad stuff, man. I'm out, dude. Yeah, I move on to the next one. I mean, because I like to, you know, I'm like, hey man, y'all watch Moana? You know, are y'all on Frozen? What's yep. going on with the, you know, what are y'all not? Are y'all not a Disney family? <laughs> you know, I like I like hearing this stuff. You know, yeah, I like uh, seeing what everybody else is doing. Like, man, how many toys you got in your living room? Too many. You know? Yeah, mine's. Uh, I don't know where my living room is. Sure, um, <laughs> it's not that bad. I'm just, but man. It, it, Kaylin puts something to bed every night, and it takes me just as long to clean up all the uh, the charade of toys. Yep. So it's we, fun, though. We got the same thing going on. Our house is like a racetrack. We got like yeah. ride-on toys in the house. I think they're supposed to be outside toys, but they're yeah. they're riding them around our house like a racetrack. And it's just yeah, stuff's everywhere. It's constantly blown up. Yeah. And I used to care more, but now I'm like. We get, like, it's never going to be like this, right? At some point, your house will be a museum and perfectly in order. Yeah. 
when you have when you got kiddos, man, we just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But great, like but granted, there are some things that bother me. Our dining room table is like a craft table basically because Piper loves yeah. crafts. Yeah. We and it's just I want to eat on it. You can't yeah. get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, we we just slide everything down to one yeah, end. So to. so one end is like, you know, four feet high. But yeah. we're on the other end eating. Oh yeah, man. We got right now, we got like uh all the coats and snow gear from the snow eclipse oh, like yeah. still on the kitchen table. I'm like, dang man, I'm trying to can't even eat dinner in here, but yep. it's got, all good. Yeah, dog pop runs everywhere from <clears throat> the muddy yard and oh, stuff. Man. Yep. You have you have a gravel driveway? Yep. Golly, boy. I hate it when it rains, man. Because, <laughs> man, the, the, that cat comes in, little Paul Prince, and then mm-hmm. June comes in. Little, it's just like, dang, man. Yep. But, man, do you ever, do you ever wonder about, uh, like, the parenting style of the past compared to now? Like, do you do – you, like, our parents probably had a certain parenting style compared to, like – our generation, you ever think about that? Yeah, and I don't know what's better, honestly. I think I don't either. I think it's a mix. Yeah, I think we all think we got it figured out, right? I think if you ask no. most parents, would be like, "Oh, we're the greatest generation. We're more emotionally intelligent than the last generation." At least, Dad say, "I love you now." Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't know. History's going to repeat itself. It's kind of like the what's that old adage about like hard times create, you know? Oh yeah, you know, hard times it, create hard men. Hard uh, hard men. Cre- create good times good times create soft men something yeah like something that. like that yeah and so you know will our kids hear it so much that it's so normal to them that they'll forget to say that to their children later i, I really don't know how that cycle works but I, yeah. I do i do think about that um i don't know man like kind of like i said before like you know growing up i had a, had a different childhood so for me it's just been all about presence i'm like i'm just gonna be there for my children at all costs mm-hmm. i'm gonna prioritize that above work above everything mm-hmm. and you know but with that comes a little bit you know i mean that can be different too just you know is being present enough you know, i can be present but on my phone all day yeah. i've been guilty of that i've been that guy oh so yeah um you know it's being present but actually being present right yeah man another in uh important thing that I wanted to talk to you about is uh, raising a kid in church um, I think is important in a, in a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. um, but the way I think about it is I, somebody recently said to me they were like they were like you know you can you can Put your kid in church, raise your kid in church, but, you know, they're going to turn 21 and then they're never going to go again. So don't you feel like you're probably just going to, like, waste your time? <clears throat> and I was like, well, no, that's not a, definitely not a waste of time. And I feel like this. I want my kid to obviously have a relationship with, with Jesus and, and all that. and But I also want her to be educated in the Bible, and religion in itself. And I would like for her to have a good base on not all religions, but like what it is. Because, you know, Christianity is not the only thing. There's there's other religions. and But I think it's good to have like a good base on what all that is compared to not knowing what that is at all. Hmm. You know, it's going to be Sonny's choice one day if she wants to continue on going to church and have a relationship with with God. I can't control that. You know, she's going to make those decisions for herself one day. 
but at least she will go into her adulthood life after she leaves our home and knowing who God is and and what that is and have that knowledge so she can do with it what she wants to. Because mm-hmm. um, I've been around some people that, that didn't grow up in church and, and maybe they went on Easter, you know. Yeah. They just don't. And I feel like they've spent most of their adulthood life up to now they don't really know what it is mm-hmm. man i just i don't i didn't want that for my kid yeah. like i want i want her to know i want her to know what it is and then that's up to her when she grows up to make her own decision you know yeah so i don't know what do you think about that yeah i mean it's i think it's it's up to us as parents you know i think a lot of people take their kids to church and think hey they're just going to absorb all this and it's up to the church to teach my children you know everything there is to know about Jesus in the Bible. No, but you've gotta you've gotta bring it home, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, as many times as I went to church, did I see the Bible cracked open in my home a lot? Sometimes yes, sometimes mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't normal conversation at the dinner table. Yeah. In my house growing up, and I, and you know, and now it is. You know, for for us, it's just you know, I mean, Piper goes to a Christian school. Yeah. So that that helps a lot, but. You know, we have we try to we try to normalize it to the point where it's just an everyday conversation versus, hey, this is you know what we do on Sunday morning. Everybody wake up, ugh, like we're gonna go and you know yeah. be bored in the back. No, it's a fun day. It's a fun day. Yeah. So you know, it's just you know, I mean, but you know, learning the Bible in its entirety, that's it's a tough feat, right? There's a ton in there. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it is a content heavy book. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I've, I've been a youth minister and there's Sundays where Hunter says, turn to the book of Isaiah and I'm flipping through like, where is it? Man, there and was that's a book, terrible to admit. <laughs> dude, there was a book last Sunday. <clears throat> I don't know. Hunter went rogue a little bit and I was looking up at you cause I was trying to see like, you know, where you were at in the Bible as far as like how much of the, <laughs> how many pages you had. I couldn't find it. I did I the same thing I looking over at I can't remember what it, it was a small. <sighs> did you see what I did? Because I looked at Catherine, couldn't find it, and closed mine. So I'm telling myself here, but I didn't know where it was. I couldn't find it. <laughs> That's terrible. Man, I was flipping through there, like, yep. just flipping, th- flipping. I, I just got my phone out, man. It's a little, I yeah. couldn't, I could not find it. And that's awful. Yep. So but, some of that stuff, like, you know, I, I can't, you know, Catherine could sing a song with the books of the Bible and knows them all in order. I, yeah. I don't know it, I, and I wish I did. I should, prob- uh, yeah. I should probably learn it. But but yeah. now, you know, like I'm helping on Wednesday nights with Sharon, mm-hmm. um, and she's really intentional on Bible skills with the, with the kids that are coming to that group. So not mm-hmm. only does she do a lesson, but she tries to incorporate some sort of actual Bible skills, mm-hmm. meaning like she'll say, hey, book of whatever it is, John, is this New Testament or Old Testament? And they've got to, you know, determine where that is and go find it. Yeah. You know, and just memorizing verses. So she does a great job of that. Um, and I think that's lost in a lot of churches. I think, you know, at least when we were in Montana visiting churches, they, it's become motivational speeches versus sermons. Yeah. And Bible skills get lost in that. So, mm. you know, but we have to root our children in the word if it's ever going to, if it's ever going to make a lifelong or eternal impact, if mm-hmm. you will. I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important just to set them up for give them a good base. And, um, you know, me and Kaylin, we've had conversations, you know, even to the point, you know, when Sonny starts driving and she's older, still living at home, you know, if, you know, I'm not going to, by then I'm not going to make her go, Hmm. you know. I'd be disappointed if she didn't, but, 
you know, there comes a time when you do have to let, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm looking way too far in the future. Uh, sometimes I think I think about that too much. I mean, long-term thinking is a good thing. Yeah. I just, I was not, uh, I wasn't a bad teenager, but, you know, I was a teenager once. My parents would always say that to me. I was a teenager too, I understand. For so, sure. I, I, it's like I... It's like I got that those years already circled. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm looking forward to. It. I'm like, ooh, I know. Yeah, I've heard you say on uh, you know one or two podcasts, like you know, I always said if I don't want to go, I'm not going to go. What What do you think it is that like I don't know? What's that seed in your mind that made you think maybe I won't go? Is it something that that happened, or is it something that? Um, oh, you talking about going to church? Yeah, yeah, man. I just um, I felt like for me. Um, it was damaging for for a while for me to go to church um, all the time when I did not want to be there mm. because I brought I brought that attitude mm-hmm. um, and I'm not it's probably my fault not the necessarily the church's fault um, but I brought that attitude with me um, so I got real good at just justifying the whole time I was there why I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. So when I got when I got to adulthood, I'm not going to church again unless I want to. Yeah. So and a big part of that was finding a church that I wanted to wanted to go to. Yeah. You know, now it's different. We all have uh I mean, let's just be honest. We all have Sunday mornings sometimes when we wake up we know the Titans game's coming on at noon. <laughs> Maybe we're a little tired. We stayed up a little later Saturday night. Maybe your kids are kind of a mess that morning. Maybe it's bad weather. And you don't really feel like going. Sure. But now, I want to go see, you know, Tyler and Catherine and the kids. I want to see Hunter, you know. I want to know what the message is today. Mm-hmm. And that's, that grabs me now. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that's just, I mean, you know, and I might, I know how that might sound saying like, I'm not ever going to go if I don't want to go. But man, sometimes that's just the reality of, of the situation. I don't like to sugarcoat things. And No. Yeah. I mean, I felt that way in my life. Before. <clears throat> like I'm, yeah. you, know, I, you know, I may not go and I don't know, you know, and I think back to like, had I not met Catherine, would I, would mm-hmm. I have gone back? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, which is which is kind of scary. But yeah. I mean, know. we all do things. I do things. I'm sure you do too. We all do things every single day that we don't want to do. Yeah, <clears throat> that are better for us. Yep. Um, so that's not really the case anymore. I think that was maybe me just uh, looking back on my past a little bit, and maybe I don't. I don't want to repeat that same cycle again. Sure. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Which I'm definitely not anywhere close to that anymore. I, I think that's in my past, but. Um, yeah, man, it's important to, it's important to come, come correct to church with a, with a good attitude and, uh, you know, if you don't want to be there and and you show up and you still don't want to be there, then, you know, you might as well not be there. Probably you might as well not be there, man. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's how I was for a long time, but thank the Lord. I ain't like that no more, man. (laughs) But you know. I don't know, man. It's uh like I said, it's it's been a blessing and uh it's a it's been good for us and we're intentionally gonna 
probably try to stay in this area. Yeah. Because of that church. Yeah. So that's great. It's a good yeah. place. Yeah. Man, what uh what made you and Catherine make the decision to send your kids to um uh Christian school? <clears throat> well, I mean there there's a variety of reasons that I could probably name off. Uh, one, I mean I wanted I want a Christian education for my daughter. Mm-hmm. Two, I don't trust the public school system mm-hmm. by any means at this point in the world. Um I I, I would homeschool our children in a heartbeat if i if i was not in a place financially to send them to to a christian school or to a private school uh we would be homeschooling if that was not the case because the public school system to this point is just it's just a joke i mean it it is it is absolutely falling apart Mm -hmm. um i think there's phenomenal educators out there who are in the public school system Mm -hmm. um i think there's great teachers out there who have kind hearts who are in the public school system Mm -hmm. but a place that is funded by the government who is controlling, you know, what material is being presented to my child at this point mm-hmm. in our country, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty against that. So that, yeah. that's kind of the main reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've just been blessed to be able to go there and have our, and have our children go there. So yeah, my brother's kids go there. Yep. I think one of them may be in uh, Piper's class. Okay. <clears throat> I think they're in the same, same grade or, uh, that school's gotten big, man. It's gotten a little bigger. Uh, yep. It was tiny when uh, first started out. Yep. Well, that's cool, man. That's a that's a good thing, man. That, that's awesome that y'all are able to do that. And um, it's a good school, you know. I hear it. my my sister in law works there. And yep. That's cool. And you know the school system today, man. The public school system. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if we maybe feed too much into the media probably on that um i don't have a kid in the public school system so i don't know uh i do have a lot of friends that do and it's uh definitely some issues yeah uh definitely some uh, you know i don't know if it's that the teachers and the administration in schools is that bad or if it's just such a uh, mix of kids with parents that do different things. Yeah. Um, some kids or some parents let their children go to school dressed as a... A, uh, a cat or a whatever. Cat. Yeah. 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 I heard that's going on in Rutherford County. And um, I feel like a lot of teacher rights are gone teachers mm-hmm. can't tell kids any any they can't tell them what they can't tell them what to do anymore they can't tell them you know and so i don't know i don't know how it is um but i definitely you know i think i think uh private schools christian schools are a good option and yeah. um you know the fact of the matter is not everybody can do that yeah and true. i think it's still important whether your kid goes to a christian school or a public school to still try to instill the right things in them at home so they can go forward into all that mess and know how to operate, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, even though they go to a private school, they're going to be exposed to the world at some point, right? I can't, you can't hide that from them forever. So at some point that's gonna, that's going to be a real conversation, right? Whether they're exposed to it now or later. Well, look, man, like we were uh, talking about earlier about how I said, my mom said churches are full of people. Yeah. Well, Private schools and Christian schools are full of people. Oh, too. absolutely. So it's yep. not like 
these are, you know, these perfect no, safe havens that not at all. Yeah, you know. So, but that that is good to send your kids to a place where you got some values in the yep. structure of the school are agreed upon. Yeah. That's nice. It is refreshing too. you know, every time we go up there, you know, that you hear about Jesus, you hear about the gospel and mm-hmm. you know, I didn't hear that much in, in my public school education. No. So no, it, it, it's different, but you know, but I mean, I was publicly, you know, I went to a public school mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think I did. All right. I don't know. I don't know how I'm doing, but I think I did. Okay. Oh yeah. You <laughs> did good, man. We all went to, me and Hunter and Chris and Catherine, we all went to Seagull. Yeah. Yep. Seagull Stars. Always make fun of y'all's mascots. Uh, Seagull Stars, man. Yep. The Stars. Yep. <laughs> Terrible. It. That's the worst mascot of all time. So <laughs> we were supposed to originally be the Trojans. Which is way cooler. Uh, yeah. I think that. But they were. Uh, I think they were. Somehow, Mr. Nolan, who was the first principal of Seagull, he got like the authority to basically name that school what he wanted to. Uh. And the Trojans was, like, the thing leading it. Because the middle school's already, like, the Cavaliers or something. Yep. And um, so the high school was going to be the Trojans. You know, kind of like a knight, medieval kind of theme. Kind of thing would be cool. Maybe have a sword on the helmet or something cool like that. I don't know. And I think he was worried about some of, like, the optics of uh, – like the prank stuff that might go on at games and stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, so they decided they shot that down. And then somehow, man, the stars came about because good old Mr. Nolan, he just, he loved the logo, stars shine bright. Wow. He just, he loved that logo. Nice. And so we ended up being the stars, man. And whatever, you know, it, it was is a good school, honestly. Uh, yeah, that I think time. I think you and Hunter are still involved in some like songs that they play at football games. Is what I think Catherine and them went to the went to a game yeah. over some fall break or something, and y'all were they were playing y'all's names over the sound system. <laughs> What's the song? Is like some. Uh, it's a it's a football song that uh, Chuck McCord, our one of the guys on the team, it's like a rap song. Yeah. And it kind of like went through like our some of the guys on the roster yeah. and like named them. So, nice. yeah, they still play that, which is funny, which I still know a lot of the coaches and stuff. That's cool. I, I went to a game this uh, past year or year before. So, nice, it was man. it was funny. I, I'll never forget um, one time. I wanted to tell you this before we get off here because uh, I'm sure uh, Hunter would uh, has not told his parents this, so I think they should know. Absolutely. So, one night, me, Hunter – and Joe were at Siegel in the parking lot. I don't know what we were doing. And we were going back to my house to crash. And you, you've been down Siegel Road. Oh, yeah. You know, long straight road. Yep. You can guess what happens. Well, Hunter at this time is driving a red, a red Camaro. Okay. Um, and so we're all driving separate. I'm driving like a long bed, single cab, F-150, rear-wheel drive, the thing would get stuck in the dew. Yep. You know, I'm first. So we pull out a seagull and, you know, like teenagers do, I mash on it. Of course. Yeah. And take off. Well, they don't really catch on. I think, I think Hunter was in the back. Joe was behind me. Joe was driving like a little, like 
like Passat, whatever those were. You know those little cars? Yeah. Little Volkswagen. <laughs> Volkswagen, Volkswagen okay, Passat. Yeah. That's what he was driving. So I look in my rearview mirror, and I see, I see Hunter and Joe. They, they get up beside each other, and they start racing down Seagull Road. <laughs> I'm like, oh, snap. So Seagull Road dead ends, and we take a – and I had already – I was ahead of them, and I was done gone. Yep. Well, they get back to the house like – 10 minutes after me and i'm like i'm getting worried i'm like man what's going on dude yeah. one of them like turn a car over and they they both pull up and they both get out and just hug each other and i'm like what's going on dude <laughs> and they're like dude hunter came in hot at the end of seagull road busted the left on two wheels and then screamed down this other street and then never made the right turn went straight into somebody's yard and like completely like ran over like a whole bunch of like newly planted trees and like almost turned the car over (laughs) and like his car was like kind of stuck in there and like they got out and he like went back over the curve and they like met at the house but he was like and dude he didn't have no pop tires nothing it was insane (laughs) i don't know how and and like i went back like the next day and looked at what they were talking about you know of course there's like two huge like drag marks in the yard and i'm like oh my gosh (laughs) but dude it was it was constantly stuff like that going on man oh yeah we uh we left at a hunter and sharon's one time in my white truck because i was the first one to turn 16 out of the whole group okay and uh you know i get two houses down from hunter and sharon's i'm (laughs) and uh some man runs out in the middle of the road losing his mind waves us down stops us and i'm like what's going on sir and and he ripped me and hunter a new one for about five minutes on driving fast through the neighborhood Uh and you know we're i was yes sir i'm I'm sorry about that i won't do it again and uh so he's like all right well you know just slow down man this is a residential neighborhood all right Mm -hmm. we will well he starts to walk off i'm still sitting there and i look at hunter and i said should I peel out? And he was like, no, dude, please. I went, ah! <laughs> dude, I peeled out of there. Idiots, man. <laughs> so all the neighbors loved you. Oh, there, sure. yeah, <laughs> dude. It was it was a lot of fun times. Uh, I was devastated when they, when they moved off to Florida for like, it was only like a year. Oh, yeah. But I was devastated. I man. think that was a pretty hard time, though. I know Hunter struggled with that. Oh, me too. Yeah. I missed them so bad. But yeah. glad they came back, man. It was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you guys went to Montana? I've heard you mention that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when was that? So the year, it was 2021, year after COVID. Mm-hmm. So we had always wanted to move out west. And I don't know why. Probably similar to the park ranger thing. Just yeah. something about, you know, going out that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both were working at State Farm, working from home. I hated my job at the time. It was super boring. I was, you know, just clicking tasks all day and listening to podcasts. And mm-hmm. it was just, I was just getting depressed. And Catherine saw a posting for this, you know, field rep job in Cascade, Montana is where it was. Or it was in Great Falls, Montana was mm-hmm. where the posting was. And she was like, this sounds cool. You should apply. So I applied for it and then, like, you know, interviewed like two days later. And then, like, within a week got the job like like approval Sweet. like full reload package and they were like hey you're moving to montana and i was like what are we doing 
like a week later, we find out we're pregnant with Lucy. Oh, wow. And we're like, oh, my gosh. I'd already signed it, so we're like, we're going. So we moved out there, found this little place at kind of the base of a mountain in this little tiny town called Cascade, Montana. That's awesome. And we moved there. And, Is it you know, real pretty? It was beautiful, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, know, it was, you know, it was a... You know, Montana's different than, than Yellowstone, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have a million dollars in a ranch, it's kind of, they call it poverty with a view. Um, there's a lot of poverty there, a lot of drugs, you know, similar to, you know, Tennessee. There, there's a lot of that that goes on yeah. here. But um, so we stayed, you know, did the whole, you know, park scene and, you know, did a lot of traveling. And I was outside the whole time. And mm-hmm. we stayed and Lucy was born um, in October. And then in December, we came back. So we didn't even stay a full year. Um but we did it. We enjoyed it. I don't regret it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my family was distraught. Everybody, I mean, my my mama was like, you know, have a nice life, baby. I and mean, she was just like, <laughs> I mean, devastated <laughs> oh, that we man. were going. And, you know, we didn't know if we were going to stay or if we were going to come back. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, ultimately we came back and glad we did, obviously. I mean, we're, you know, with Sharon, watching the kids, it's just I couldn't ask for a better situation yeah. um, with her and how she blesses our children every day. Yeah, that's great. We always talked about moving to Florida after we graduated college. Yep. Never did. I'm a hometown boy. I think so is she. And uh, hopefully we have enough money one day where we can buy like a condo at the beach or something and go down there in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Would, but, uh, man, I'm a Tennessee boy, man. I <clears throat> I just, um, I don't know. We're big lake people. Yeah. We go to the lake. But y'all need to come with us this summer, man. See, I'd l- I grew up on the lake. Catherine has, yeah. like, never been on a lake, never been tubing, never oh. had anything. And, like, I grew up, like, I had a fishing boat in high oh. school. I used to go after school every day to Woods Reservoir down near Tullahoma and go man. fishing. But we don't we don't wait a line, but, yeah. dude, we just, we crank the music up. We yeah. float in the water all day. I mean, we, Sunny started going to the lake, like, too young. I'll That's tell you, awesome. she was, I mean, I think she went... Down to the boat. We have our boat in the slip up at Center Hill. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, man, within a couple of months, she was on the boat. Really? Yeah. I mean, we, we went pretty consistently. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. love the lake. I gotta. I just got to talk Catherine into it. Cause oh, she, we'll get her out there. Oh, right. there we go. I that's like it. it. <laughs> that's easy. Whether all the kids come or we, we all take a parent's night or a parent's day out or something there like that. Go. That'd be good. Well, man, I know it's uh, – I've had you on here for an hour and a half, so – I'll let you go, but man, appreciate you coming on hitters only, dude. This has been a good time. Yeah, man. Grateful for it. Enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm knocking out all the haze or you're not a hay, hey, but that's all right. you're in the, you're in the family. That's okay? right. Yeah. I'm knocking out all the <laughs> hay Williams, Williams family one by one. So that's right. But anyways, man, thanks for coming on hitters only. Absolutely. Enjoyed it.
can tell me nothing gonna break